We are downtown. We are historic. We are family. We are scriptural. We are First Baptist Church. If you would, turn with me in your listening sheet. We're going to read aloud today the conclusion of our reverse text for this week. We have been all week long in Luke 8, uh, verse 1 through 15, and we're going to read aloud together verses 11 through 15. So if you would, stand with me and let us read. This, then, is the text for today. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those beside the road are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they will not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no firm root. They believe for a while, and in time of temptation fall away. The seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard, and as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart, and hold it fast, and bear fruit with perseverance. May God bless the reading of his word. Jesus had a particular way of teaching. In fact, there's a couple of things we need to note this morning about Jesus' teaching and the times and ways that he taught in the ancient world. Sometimes we see Jesus in a moment of lecture. Often this was in the synagogues when he would go in to worship and there he would teach. We would see him expounding on the Old Testament. Jesus would go and, and pull out a scroll like from Isaiah and he would open it and he would read from the book of Isaiah. And as he did, he wasn't just teaching them about Isaiah. He wasn't just teaching them about things that were. In fact, Jesus would open the scroll and reveal to them how all in Isaiah, and in fact, all of the Old Testament pointed directly to Jesus Christ himself. How Jesus could move from Genesis 1 to Malachi 4 and say all of it points to the glory of God in the person of the Son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He would teach about himself from the Old Testament. You see this in Paul's teaching, too, as we work through the letters that he had written. You see, Paul, when he teaches, he, he'll survey the entire Old Testament. He'll work through the stories uh, of the Exodus, the story of the kings. He'll tell about the prophets, and for everyone, he'll say, they point to Jesus. All of them point us forward to this person who is incarnate for our sake. So recognize the value here that we hold a treasure that every one of us who hold the Scripture in our hands and can flip through the pages with great joy, we hold a treasure. 
This great resource of information, and through all of it, in, in this version, there's some 1,100 pages here, and in 1,100 pages, we see every single one of them, even the maps in the back, point to the person who would be the center of the universe, the person by whom we would mark time, Jesus Christ. Now, be that as it may, as we flip through these pages, not only does Scripture point to Jesus Christ, but all of the created world as well points us up. And just like this sanctuary causes us to look up and say there is a God, all of creation itself, we're reminded in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, that all of creation itself are pointing up to Jesus that you will know him by the order of created things, that the divine is found hidden in plain sight among the mountains and the valleys, that you will see the name of Jesus written in the clouds and the birds will sing his name. Creation itself holds up our Savior Jesus as the one whom this whole universe revolves around. And this gets to the heart of Jesus' other teaching method. Jesus didn't just lecture from the Old Testament as he did, but there was more. This was good and appropriate in his time, but Jesus also used everyday life experiences to share the truth of the gospel. He would find moments of creation, like from a little seed, and begin to teach of the gospel, begin to teach of who he was out of this one little seed. In fact, you'll see through this new study where we're working through the parables in Luke that Jesus will be out and about teaching on the countryside or near the sea, and he will tell these stories about wine or gardening or animals. And some of them would leave the people scratching their heads saying, Jesus, we have no idea what you're talking about. And, and it wasn't just the crowds that are around. Sometimes the disciples would gather in and they would look at Jesus and they're saying, what are you talking about when you talk about this seed? Because we don't see it. We don't get it. In fact, we see that in today's reverse text. In uh, chapter 8, verse 9, the disciples come to him after and say, Jesus, would you please explain this to us? We need another way. We need another explanation. Sometimes he would explain it like he does in this week's text. Other times he didn't. He just let it stand. And what we see is most of these stories are relatively timeless. We still interact with the same kinds of things, like interacting with a seed. And, and these are timeless if you have some sense of agriculture. And, and I'll say, I'm not claiming to have any sense of agriculture. I'm not sure what to do with this seed. But Jesus moves us forward with it. And what you'll recognize along the way is that these aren't just stories left for another age for us to dissect. These are eternal truths that Jesus is still teaching us today, that Jesus wants you to consider the seed this morning. He wants you to know the seed and internalize it. You see, sometimes the parable's heart is in the turn, or, or the parable is known through the grand gesture, and we'll see that often. Here in this text, the, the gesture at the, at the outset of it is this generosity of the sower, the generosity of the farmer. See, think of it this way. Normally, when you have a garden, so they tell me, is that you take a special precaution with your seeds. 
that you take the seeds and you put them exactly where they need to go. And if you got to some point where you only had one seed, you are particularly careful about its final resting place. Now, this farmer that Jesus tells us about is just flinging seeds all over the place, tossing seeds by the road, throwing them on the rocks, sowing in the, the thorns, planting them in the soil. You know, Pastor Aaron spoke about this earlier on, on, on the revlog this week. You know, and, and even for those of us who don't farm, we can tell there's something different about this. There's something, there's something grand, there's something generous about this sowing. Because we would hesitate. That, that's what we do. We take a step back. We hesitate. We limit. And what we recognize, and we see a seed like this, and we will say a seed like this is a limited resource. In fact, if, if I'm going to be a good steward, I need to, to, to protect this and do everything I can to get the maximum out of it. And so what we try to do is we're going to say we're going to limit the risk. Now, this sower is just out there just sowing the seed anywhere and everywhere. But, but if we had this single seed, I feel like we would be so hesitant, we might never get it planted. In fact, it seems like our habits are more to investigate the seed, to watch the seed, to study it, to protect the seed. Never let it out of our sight. Because if it never, let, if it never got out of our sight, if it never got dirty, we would know exactly where it was. We'd hold it in our hand and never let go. But you know, there's a couple of things that you need to know about the seed that Jesus is talking about. Now, for one, Jesus tells us very clearly, as he's telling the disciples when we get down into verse 11, he says, I'm not talking about a seed. This is not a gardening course. But, but I'm telling you something very particular about the gospel. He's saying, this seed is the word of God. This seed is a story. This, this story, this seed, can be retold countless times. In fact, this, this seed that Jesus has given us, it, it isn't a scarce resource. Now, we, tr we treat this like a scarce resource. Often, we take the Word of God and we treat it like it's something limited, like it's something that we need to protect. We don't want to share the story. We rarely, if ever, lift the story out of the pages of Scripture so that it might breathe among us. What we like to do is we like to close the pages and, and tuck it away. And, and we tuck it away like the fine china in the glass-paneled cabinet, that surely it will be safe up there, protected from everything up around it. But, but, but this, this, this seed, this seed, this story, this word isn't an heirloom to be displayed on a shelf. The seed that Jesus is talking about in this parable is a seed that is meant to get dirty. This is a seed that is meant to be used. This is, this is your scripture worn out and torn to pieces because you've used it every day of your life. It's not to be kept away. It is to be used often. You see, we treat this story like Jesus is talking about the good plates we only get out at the holidays. And Jesus is telling us, this isn't the fine china you get out on the holidays. This seed, this story is your everyday story. This is meant to be lived and used every single day of your life. The holidays and every day after. This is to be opened and loved and used. It is to get dirty. It is to be spread. It should be a part of everything that you are. 
See, when we get to verse 11, Jesus says, this seed is the word of God. And see, one of the great things about this parable in particular is that we don't have to guess. You know, with, with some of Jesus' parables, we have to lean not on our own understanding, trust the wisdom of the Spirit, and try to discern what Jesus is teaching us. Here, with this one, the disciples were quick to ask him what he was saying, and he gives us the answer. We don't have to guess. We get the full explanation. And, and I don't want you to take a minute for, for a side note here, because consider what's, what's going on. When, when you are in a relationship with Jesus Christ, there is full disclosure. In fact, Jesus encourages discourse. He encourages conversation, and he will disclose himself to you. And in fact, Jesus will give you exactly what you need, and he will share the wisdom that you need to know right now this day. In fact, you have the privilege of asking Jesus anything. You have the privilege of an ever-deepening relationship with him that he will share with you exactly what you need over the course of this life. And, you know, we'll get to this in, in the parables that are ahead of us. But if you don't understand something, ask. It's just like the disciples do here. When they don't understand something, they, they, they run to Jesus. And they ask Jesus, how do I make sense of this? Whether it's in Scripture or whether it's in life, when we don't understand something, if we go to Jesus Christ, He is the one who provides the answers and the wisdom and the hope, all that we need every day from here on out. And His disciples come to say, we don't understand. And Jesus says, here's the answer that you need. He told them exactly what He meant. He's pretty clear here, this isn't for everyone but it is for everyone who calls Jesus Christ Lord of their life. And so Jesus gives them the answer. He, he says, the, the key to this parable, and this is how he starts. So, he's, so they asked him, what's this parable about? And he says, first thing you need to know is, is the seed in this story. The seed that we're talking about is, is the Word of God. This seed sown widely is the Word of God. And when we get to the Word of God, you know, we've, we've heard sort of different meanings of the Word. Sometimes we say the Word of God, we, we, we literally mean the, the pages of our Scripture. Sometimes when we say the Word of God, we go back to, to John 1, and, and we're talking about Jesus Christ Himself. Sometimes when we're talking about the Word of God, we're talking about the gospel story. But, but all of these encompass the same thing. And all of these point in the same direction. All of these things, the, the Word of God is Jesus Christ Himself. In every way, our Bible points to Jesus Christ page after page after page. See, this, and in fact the gospel story, is how Jesus Christ lived this life perfectly and holy. And then it begins to center in on the cross. And the, the, this word of God, every page of it, takes us towards this life of Jesus who walked towards the cross so that he might be crucified for our sake. And, and Jesus says, th this story must be told. And so, as he says, the seed is the word of God. And the sower went forth to sow, taking it with him. You know, another part of what Jesus is doing here in this parable is, is he's reminding us to speak this name of Jesus often. To tell this story everywhere on this lonely earth, even among the briars and brambles. 
it's our call to, to talk about Jesus. And, and as you do, and this is what Jesus is saying, it's, it's part of our call to, to walk around and say his name. It's part of our call to walk around and, and tell the story of the birth and the crucifixion and the resurrection. He's like, as a follower of Jesus Christ, this is who you're called to be. And this is what your life is to be about. There's all these other things that surround it, but, but all these other things that surround your life and the kinds of things you are due, these are all vehicles to speak the name of Jesus. These are all vehicles to tell the story of the crucifixion. And, and Jesus is reminding us here, as that story is told, there are all kinds of reactions to this story. There are all kinds of reactions to the name of Jesus. And what you're going to see is if you are talking to a passerby, and in fact, if you talk to four passerbys and you mention the name of Jesus to every one of them, all four of them are going to have different kinds of reactions to that name. And Jesus is, is warning us not to be surprised, not to be caught off guard, because you're going to get all kinds of reactions to this name. And he says, as you get closer to Jesus, what you're going to recognize, the closer you are to him, the more clear these reactions become. And you begin to see how people respond to the name of Jesus, how they respond to the word of God. And he's saying, sometimes you're going to see Satan steal life right out from under a person. It's hard for us to deal with, but it happens every day. Sometimes you're going to see temptations drain the life out of another. Sometimes you're going to see pleasure choke the life out of the next. Even of the people who sit in the church pews with you. But Jesus is reminding you, don't be discouraged. Don't be, don't be afraid of these things. But, but recognize who you are in Jesus Christ. Because in these moments, as you begin to recognize this, and as you begin to see responses to the name of Jesus, you are living life to its fullest. Because living life to its fullest is walking with Jesus and telling his story. And, and all the other reactions you get to see out of that is a part of that. And it means you're living life to the fullest. You're, you're doing the things that God has called you to do. Because if you're doing the things God has called you to do and being the people that God has called us to be, you're going to see these things happen all of the time. You're going to see Satan swat it back at you. You're going to see pleasures engulf it. But for every three that falter, there's one that flourishes with life. In fact, let me tell you another story of success in this way. Because what we recognize as a church that God has called us to be obedient to Jesus. And there's different ways that we live that out. In fact, there's three in particular that we focus on as a church to, to be obedient to Jesus. And we're, we're going to be a repentant people, which is what Jesus tells us the first part of his ministry in Matthew. And we also recognize we're going to be a witnessing people and a discipling people where Jesus has called us to, to be witnesses and to, and to disciple those that are around us. We see this in the Great Commission at the end of, of the Gospel of Matthew. And so we're going to be obedient to Jesus in these ways. And so as you witness... We need tools to help us do that. And so one of the tools that we have here as a church is we focus in on a couple of stories when we're talking about witnessing in particular. And, and I hope if you haven't, go back and read these stories when you think about sharing the gospel. One of those is the story of Zacchaeus. Read that story and how he responds to Jesus and how his life is changed in a moment because he met Jesus Christ. He falls in repentance immediately 
because of who Jesus is. But, but the other one that I'm going to focus in on this morning, the other story that we talk about when we're, when we're learning how to witness and we're, we're trying to share the gospel with other folks is the story of the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8. So you see this Ethiopian He's a government official who went to Jerusalem, and he went to Jerusalem because he wanted to worship. He said he's going to worship God. But even with all that, as he goes to Jerusalem to worship, he doesn't know Jesus. And even as he's riding home, he's reading Isaiah 53. He's opened Isaiah, and he's got Isaiah 53 in front of him, and and he doesn't know what to do with it. He recognizes that God is in it, but he doesn't understand it. And, And he's trying to understand, what is this word telling me? I can't see it. You see, this is, this is good soil. God has been tilling up his heart. He, he's ready for the gospel. He's ready to hear the word. He's ready to hear the name of Jesus. In fact, he's about to burst because he doesn't know what Isaiah 53 means. The soil was ready. You know, sometimes it's hard for us to see where the soil is. Sometimes it's easier to see after the fact. But the Holy Spirit knew. The Holy Spirit knew what was going in his heart because the Holy Spirit had always been working. And the Holy Spirit prompts Philip to, to get up and go. And he says, Philip, go meet this Ethiopian man on the road and begin to sow. The Holy Spirit begins to sow through Philip. He's going to share the gospel with him. And so Philip and this Ethiopian, they go back and forth on this passage in Isaiah. And then we get the key. We get to Acts 8, 35. You, you, you get the key there from Philip. And, and so it says Philip has been talking with this, he's talking with this man about this passage in Isaiah. And he says, Philip, he takes him and he takes this passage and he begins to preach Jesus to him. And he, and he takes Isaiah and he says, this, this is about Jesus. And Jesus is the one you need to know. And, and immediately, a weight was lifted off this man. See, as he begins to tell him, every text and every situation of this life always comes back to who Jesus is. Every one of them points us back up and say, come to Jesus, come and meet him. And the Ethiopian immediately gets it. The Holy Spirit turns his life in that moment. He says, I want to be baptized right now. And they stop on the trail and and Philip baptizes him right there. And as it goes, he carries that seed back to Ethiopia where it grows a hundredfold and into a legacy that remains to this day 2,000 years later. And so this morning, as we are adorned for Advent, how do we bring it back to Jesus Christ? How, how, do, we, how do we come from these texts and, and, and run straight to Jesus? How, how do we find Jesus in, in the Christmas decor? How do, how do we find Jesus in our family celebrations that are ahead of us? How do, we, how do we find Jesus in the tragedy that we have faced in recent days? How do we find Jesus in the pain that we have known? How do we find Jesus as we lament? Because it, it, is, it is real and it is fertile. And what God is telling us this morning, everything that you have endured in this year is bound up and known in the person of Jesus Christ. If only we would surrender to him and take this word planted within us and let it flourish. May we be good soil that clings to this word of God so that it is multiplied by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's bring it all back to Jesus this morning and worship him and him alone.
Let's pray together. Our Father, we want to be about your business. We want to follow you. We want to be with you. Lord, your, your spirit is moving in our hearts and our lives. You're beginning a work that, that we can't even yet fathom. You're beginning the initial stages of, of producing fruit beyond our comprehension. And so, Lord, we pray that in your spirit you would help us to take little steps forward today, little steps of obedience, to cling to your word and proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. So, Lord, would you help us walk in that way that we might be faithful and obedient unto you. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.